0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sports and Songs Podcast. I'm your host, Dan, along with Andy. How are you doing, Andy?
1: I am good. How about you?
0: Up in the Northwoods uh, camping this weekend, I found a shelter here to to step away for 45 minutes to do a podcast. Um, Nice. Lovely weather. It's, It's 89 and sunny. And today is episode number 35. We're in season two, episode 35. And today is July 24th, 2021. We'll be going over... Sports, news, baseball, Olympics, concerts, music, album, yep. the whole deal. So we'll have full
1: coverage here. Yes.
0: Uh, so Before we get
1: started, week. fire away.
0: Started the trivia question for today is what former twin, former Major League pitcher for the Twins was traded this week? What former major league pitcher was involved in a trade? You know, the deadline is coming up, Andy. We've got some notable things. We'll mention that later in the show. But one in particular involved, the former twin, named him. That's the question.
1: All right. All right. I'm going to go. Oops. I, I just Here's hit the, the wrong button. Um, there we go. Got a little finger Hit the wrong button there. Um, yeah, here we go. Here we go. Close that box. All right. The Olympics, like I said, have started um, in Tokyo. The Tokyo 2020 Olympics, they still go by. Um, A lot of people go, well, why don't you change it to 2021? It's 2021 now. These were supposed to be 2020. The Olympics being every two years, summer before, winter before. They're still keeping the even number, things like that. And also, Tokyo had a lot of stuff like uh, a lot of – websites they'd signed up for with Tokyo 2020 and all So they didn't want to mess with changing any of that. So everything that happens now that you're watching in July of 2021 will be listed as the Tokyo 2020 Olympics. Just another thing in the last 18 months that have screwed up society. So just we're kind of used to it. I think in a way it doesn't shock me that much. Just start with a little NASCAR news here. Um NASCAR this weekend is the go bowling at the Glen, uh, Watkins Glen International is a road course. It's 90 laps, 220 and a half miles. So it's not your basic four left turns like everybody always makes fun of for NASCAR. It's a road course. It's Sunday, 3 o'clock Eastern on NBCSN. You'll see it there. That's August 8th, so it's in two weeks. Not this week. Two weeks. I'm sorry. Because of the Olympics, to take it off. So you got to August 8th. But uh, that's that. Now, Last week, here's what the bottom half of the standings looked like for NASCAR. Like we said before, you win and you're in. You see that line there at number 16 in the yellow column or gold column. You win and you're in, and the rest are based on points. And you see Austin Dillon had a 104-point lead on that last place there, or, or Tyler Reddick 96-point lead. So some guys had pretty comfortable leads right there. But last week's race was rain shortened and Eric Amarola won it. Wait, I don't see Eric Emmer roll on here because he was down like in 24th. So here's this week. There's Eric up there. And now Austin Dillon's five points out of being in the race for the championship. So winning your end is the big deal here. Yes, points help, but Austin Dillon with a nice big lead, to being five points out of the situation. So uh, at the Glen coming up in a couple weeks gonna be a very important one for him and for uh, Bouchard and for Matty D and for all those other guys down there, they could win, and boom, they pushed Tyler Reddick out then. that. So it gets fun now for NASCAR fans to watch all this stuff. Uh, Major League Baseball, I'm going to the standings here. I see Boston down to a one-game lead over Tampa Bay, who uh, acquired Nelson Cruz over the weekend. Um, and Tampa Bay, that made some other trades too and got rid of some guys which had people kind of scratch their head going, well, why would they get rid of them if they're in the pennant race? My opinion is Nelson Cruz is loving it in Tampa. He's already hit a home run there. He's going, I get to play Baltimore a handful of times a year. I get to go to Boston and hit him over the wall more often every year. I get to play in a dome half my games. I think you're going to see Tampa kind of cut guys they didn't plan on having next year that have big contracts so they can re-sign Nelson Cruz. My opinion. Chai Sox walking away from it over the soon-to-be Guardians. Hilarious. Um, Detroit's pulled up to third. Uh, they're kind of pulling away from the Twins there for that solid spot in third place there. And then, like I said, the Twins in Kansas City are just kind of waiting for their fantasy football draft, I think, or something. A.O. West, Houston, Oakland, Seattle. Still... Those top three, Seattle's, you know, five games or six games above 500 there. They're doing well. Three and a half out in the wild card, so they're not out of it yet. National League Mets up to a four-game lead. Um, big series, like I said, right now with Atlanta this week. So that could either increase or decrease right there, that lead. That could be very scary. Milwaukee, sidetrack, congratulations of the Milwaukee Bucks. Their championship now. The Brewers are going to win. No, nope. Wisconsin could be title town. Like I said, you watch them. But Cincinnati six and a half out. Don't forget them. And in the West, as usual, Giants, Dodgers, Padres. Lead number changes a little bit, but it's basically going to be those three. I think in that order, barring uh, someone getting hurt, major catastrophe there. Here's the AL wild cards. Tampa and Oakland are your two wild card teams right now. Seattle only three and a half out. Um, Yankees and Toronto four and a half, five respectively. So they'll have to jump a few teams to get in. Um, Toronto again, like we said last week, can start playing home games here after the first. So we'll see if that helps them or not. National League wildcard. Uh, the West Coast teams have it locked up. Cincinnati six and a half out. Um, that's going to be a tough one. You know, even win their division, Cincinnati's going to be tough, but then they can make it exciting anyway. I'd like to see Cincinnati end, just kind of shake things up. So it's not a whole West Coast thing. but.
0: Question, question, Andy. Yes, sir. You mentioned Toronto. When do they go back to playing home games? I didn't get that.
1: Uh, they could go back to Toronto first of the month. Um, August 1st? August 1st, yep.
0: All right. It's, yep. Uh, some of the listeners weren't uh, maybe not aware of that, so that's a key. Yep. They're playing all their games in Florida at the training site facility,
1: right? Yeah, the AAA club in um in, uh, Buffalo. The Buffalo site, yeah.
0: Oh, at AAA in Buffalo, not down in uh, yep. not in
1: Miami, not in Florida. No, so
0: they are in Buffalo at the AAA facility. So now they're going to. Yep. switch. And actually, yeah, they just had their last
1: home stand last week. August. I'm the Mets are at City Field. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yes. So Buffalo and Toronto aren't that far apart. I mean, they're close. You probably see Toronto from there, but yeah, they uh, will be back at their home home grounds coming up. Speaking of the Mets. The Metropolitans, they have, well, they have a horse. Um, it's a home run horse. It's a stuffed animal. The horse, Peter Alonso explained, was the idea of hitting coach Hugh Quantenbaum, who was aware of as any one of the Mets' first half power outage. In large part because of the injuries in nearly every single position player, the Mets had just 88 home runs after the All-Star break. Tied with the Marlins for 26 in the majors, um, they've cut up. They're you know they're doing well home run wise. They have this home run horse that you gotta go down and pet after a home run. It's kind of a thing Pete Alonso started. In fact, uh, they didn't know they brought out the 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 dugout there and they caught the manager in the corner of his eye and kind of freaked him out. But hey, if it works, it's helping you win and you're getting home runs by having a horse a stuffed horse down there. Knock yourself out. As you see, the Mets. You you think they're New York, you think they're mean. Nope. He's got shorts on him. He's dressed. So home run horse. After you come in the dugout, you shake hands with the go pet the horse. Nice. Here, here's the Mets schedule. Like I said, they got uh the Jays today, then they got those five against the Braves, three against Cincinnati, the end the homestand. And then they uh, are at Miami for four at Philadelphia, then back home for the Nats and the Dodgers in a couple weeks. That should be a good series. Since Jacob DeGrom is on the IR right now, or IL, so it's not going to be the Jacob DeGrom love fest today. It's the Pete Alonzo love fest today. A couple of historic notes for Mr. Alonzo. Uh, uh, 23rd. This is two home runs, including a 450-foot second-deck shot in the 8th city. Pete Alonzo passed Gary Carter. For 20th place on the Mets all time home run list with 90. Up next is Cleo Jones in 19th place with 93 home runs. So, Pete Alonso's in the top 20 Mets players. Now, on the 20th of July, Pete Alonso hit his 88th career home run uh, in his 300th career game Tuesday, second most for American League or National League history through the first 300 games of the career. Ron Howard of Philadelphia has the record with 91 home runs through 31 games. Some trades the Mets have made this week. Um, this is all off the Mets website uh, today. In fact, the Mets announced they have acquired outfielder Mark Payton from Cincinnati Reds in exchange for cash considerations. Uh, Payton will be sent to A Syracuse. In addition, the Mets transferred left-hand pitcher, David Peterson, to the 60-day injured list. <laughs> Mets acquired left handed pitcher Rich Hill. Um, the Mets today announced they acquired Rich Hill from Tampa Bay. This was that other trade I was talking about. I don't think the Rays planned on keeping Hill after this season. he has got a big contract, but you got some minor league guys for it. If the Rays feel comfortable with their pitching right now in the pennant race. You make room. Why would the Mets want an old guy like Rich Hill? He's left-handed. You can be left-handed and pitch to your 50 in this league. Ask Jamie Moyer. And then earlier this week, the Mets acquired Carlos Rincon. Um, he'll be in the minors for a while. They got moved some people around. The Mets are kind of starting to load up with some extra bodies here for the pennant race. Gopher hockey on this nice 90 degree day here. Thought we'd talk a little Gopher hockey. No <clears throat> non conference schedule came out. This is off the Gopher's Twitter account. So you see the Alaska, October 2nd and 3rd. Um, Mercyhurst, October 8th and 9th. St. Cloud State, the 15th of October, on a home and home. Duluth, a home and home, uh, end of October. And then the Sioux or Fighting Hawks, wherever they're called, end of November. I think it's Thanksgiving weekend, end of November there. Time for the soapbox. The Olympics are always followed by the Paralympics, which are for. Handicapped gentlemen and ladies. And that leads me to this fine young athlete here, Becca Myers. This is off Angie Graf's Twitter account. Um, for those of you not watching on YouTube and listening, I'll read what it says here. It says, This doesn't make any sense to me. This is Angie Graf speaking, a sports reporter. If the Paralympics cannot have their support resources with Paralympians can have their support resources with them, why have the games at all? Maryland. Paralympic gold medalist, Becca Myers just withdrew from the games. Myers, who was deaf and blind, was told that her personal care assistant, who was her mom, could not travel with her because of the COVID-19 restrictions. The U.S. Olympic Committee responded saying that, we are heartbroken for athletes needing to make, and uh, making these decisions whether about to compete or if they are unable to have their typical support resources at a majority international competition or major international competition, but our top priority is assuring the safety of our athletes, coaches, staff, and citizens of the host country. My opinion, this is crap. It's the Paralympics. She's an athlete. She needs her dog. She's deaf and blind. She can read lips, but in Tokyo right now, everyone's wearing a mask. So she won't be able to understand what they're saying by reading lips. Her dog helps her. Um, she has some anxiety issues and that with new situations. And of course being deaf and blind, she's going to need help getting to the dining hall to this and that. Um, the U S Olympic committee says, well, we do have one person per team, per event. You know, so like the swimmers have one person and this and that really you got one person to help all these guys around in a foreign country for the Olympics, the Olympic committee, the United States Olympic committee, you you've, You've ruined it for this girl. She's this is her third Olympics. So at least she's had that experience already. She's a gold medalist. She was supposed to win gold again. She's a very talented athlete. Very much of a sweetheart of a person. I've read some other stories on her coming up like on this here. It's kind of kills to hear this that she doesn't want her mom to come with because she wants her mom to be there cheering on the crowd. She needs her mom there to help her with that's her personal care assistant. It's not like uh, there is something to credit this to. This is what they, these people need and how you're doing this or why you're doing this. Olympic Committee, I don't get it. You've just kind of ruined this girl's dreams and probably others too. This is the one story we heard of. Who knows how many other people from other countries have had this horrible problem? Some concerts coming up, things at Medina. The Oak Ridge Boys, Friday, August 6th. There is no opening guest. Doors open at 7.30, show at 8.30. This event is a 21-plus event. Not that the Oak Ridge Boys are going to go blue on you or do anything else, but it's the Oak Ridge Boys. Probably because of the alcohol sales is why I'm saying. It's a 21-plus event. Um, Prices are there. Oak Ridge Boys, they they were one of the first acts they had to cancel because of COVID last year. So a lot of these bands are starting to come back in. All right, Dan, get your pen and paper out. Get your calendar ready to start clearing dates. These next two are for you. Friday, September 17th. The hype will be there with guest Heartless, a tribute to heart. They'll be there Friday, September 17th. Now, Dan, you spend the night at the hotel next door because the next day is the Funky Brew Medina craft beer event. Oh, really? So there you go. 1 to 4 p.m., rain or shine.
0: On the 18th.
1: Yes, the next day. So you just spend the night.
0: Oh, it can't. It doesn't get any better. Rain mm-hmm. or shine. Yes. I would go get information from the Funky Brew's Facebook page.
1: Page, yes.
0: Oh, this I and, did not know at all.
1: We're here to educate. Yep. We're here. That's why we're here. Um, you can check either Funky Brew at Medina entertainment.com If you have questions, you call the Medina Ticket Office. Funky Brews Facebook page. We have a, we'll have a link on our page coming up this week, too. On it. Um, VIP tickets includes, include an early admission, even a commemorative t shirt, a nice. program, a sample cup, and a snack, Dan. A snack. Wow. This is and too free to be true. Yeah. You know, Christmas in September, call it. Christmas come early, my friend. Yes. Tickets go on sale, or they've been on sale since Monday, June 21st, so they're on sale. Get them while they're hot. So you go to the Heartless. Hype and Heartless. Designated
0: drivers will not be allowed to taste any of the alcoholic beverages. No. Good rule. Good rule. Good rule. Yep. Fair enough.
1: You go for Hype and Heartless the night before. You spend the night at the hotel there. You get up the next day. Boom. Wow. That's that's awesome. So there. That's a win-win. That's early Christmas present for you right there. Dan's oh. mom, you're listening. This is what you get him for Christmas. Get it early. He will yes, love you. Please.
0: Yes, yes, please. That's awesome.
1: Person of the week is Janie Lane. Um, There's a picture of Janie when he was in Warrant and then, of course, towards the end of his life, there with the no hairspray hair. hair. Um, Janie Lane, of course, was the lead singer of Warrant, Born John Kennedy Oswald, February 1st, 1964, passed away August 11th of 2011. Uh, he was a lead song, singer, uh, frontman, songwriter for what they call the glam metal group Warrant. Um, he was with them from 89 to 96, helped them with uh, about five albums, over 10 million sales. He left the band in 2004, did a brew for Union in eight, left again, um, like most bands at that time, did his solo career. Uh, Saints of the Underground was a band he was with. Um, so he had a pretty decent career I, I loved a lot of warrant stuff i think he was a very talented writer um his time was warrant after generating notoriety in the club circuit warrant began to attract the attention of record labels following the abuse uh, deal with AM records over the contribution to the soundtrack for the motion picture bill and ted's excellent adventure the band signed with columbia records the columbia deal came with the partnership of warrant and manager tom hewlett Known for working with the Beach Boys, Elvis Presley, the Moody Blues, and others. Uh, uh, Tom and Janie Lane became best of friends until Tom passed away of cancer in 93. As lead vocalist for Warrant, Janie Lane wrote all the material for the band's 1989 debut album, platinum album, Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, Stinkin' Rich, which included four top 40 hit singles, Down Boys, Sometimes She Cries, Big Talk, which was my favorite song on that album, and the number two hit on the 100 billboard 100 heaven the album peaked at number 10 on the billboard 200. Janie lane also wrote four top 40 singles A cherry pie i saw red uncle tom's cabin and blind faith for their second album the 1990 double platinum cherry pie which peaked at number seven and billboard 2000. um he also co-wrote the song the power for the 1992 movie gladiator um Go about the album Cherry Pie. Uh, I've heard interviews with Janie Lane. And this was after time had gone on by, not recently. So he had time to stew about this and think about it. When Cherry Pie came out, and if you see the video for it, they intended for Uncle Tom's Cabin to be a TV movie or a movie, something based on that. The album was supposed to be called Uncle Tom's Cabin. It said, record company came back and said, we need one more song. We need one more song. So he threw together Cherry Pie. That's what they named it. He didn't like the song that much. I'm sure he liked the money it came from. In fact, he liked it so much the gal in the video he ended up marrying for a while. So, oh
0: really? That's how.
1: So you throw together a song real quick that you don't like, and you end up meeting a wife. So, wow. So be careful about those songs you don't like when you write them, guys. You never know. You never, never know. Um, He had personal issues with Warren back and forth. He did a solo career, like most people do. He was also on MTV uh, had a show about a celebrity weight loss. He was on there, confronted his demons on there uh, celebrity fit club two in 2005. Um, I've always been a fan of Janie Lane, I kind of just some about him His song styles, kind of like with Tom Kiefer Cinderella, something separate about him's kind of, I think he's in his own class. Not saying he's better than anyone else, but just their music was a little different than the rest of the hair bands, to me. Something kind of stuck out. Um, it was, he wasn't real bluesy, like Tom Kiefer and Cinderella were, or some of those other bands, but they just sounded better. They had more harmony, better harmony with the band. There was real good, they sounded great together. Yeah, there were videos they did, the, the cheesy choreography stuff, just like Poison did, but I think they kind of did the glam thing for the attention for the sales. I think it was up to him. They'd just be rather a rock and roll band, like an Ario Speedwagon or something like that. But Hey, you got to do what you got to do to sell albums. Um, I've never heard anyone say a bad thing about him. Like he was a jerk or an idiot or this or that, or egomaniac. I've never heard bad things about him. Not saying there isn't any out there. I'm sure someone had a beef with him. I'd never heard any of it. He just, the whole band I was just kind of liked. I thought they seemed very decent. Um, August 11th, 2011 is when Janie Lane passed away. Los Angeles Police Department and local news stations announced that Lane was found dead of acute alcohol poisoning at a comfort inn hotel in Woodland Hills. At the age of 47, Lane was pronounced dead by the fire department, who responded to a call shortly after 5 30 p.m. Um, the public memorial concert was performed by Great White, Quiet Riot, and LA Guns, held August 29th at the Key Club in Holt and hollywood so Janie battled both demons his whole life um and again i'm not taking away from good bad or indifferent on that we've all we all got our issues i just always kind of had a I, don't know, I guess at that time uh, uh, i don't want to say idolize again just something about their music i just i loved and if you just really go back and listen to it listen to all the stuff because he wrote and performed and did the lyrics and all that for all those songs they're they're all different. A lot of times you hear a guy, oh, I wrote all the songs on the album. They all kind of sound the same. They don't. Dirty, Rotten, Filthy, and Cherry Pie and Doggy Dog, their third album. They all sound different, but y'all know they're warrant. They all got that sound to it. Janie's lyrics, his vocals were just incredible. They held up throughout the years. I just, I really wish he was still around today because I'd love to hear what he'd be doing today musically. You know, um, his styles, if he would have kept up with it, if he'd still be recording today, I don't know. It would be fun to find out, you know, if you would. But uh, that's what I got on our friend Janie Lane from Warrant. He uh, is missed. Uh, like I I at August 11th, when he passed away, I kind of did it early because I kind of got a different uh, set of things for August coming up for people of the week, things of the week. So, uh, but that is my bit for today's show. But before we continue on would be an answer to the trivia question, which I gave earlier, if you were paying attention,
0: You're paying attention, the answer was given actually during Andy's segment of the show. The trivia question was what former twins pitcher starting pitcher was traded this past week. The answer is rich Hill with the twins for one season, uh, Spent one season last year with, with the Twins, former Dodgers pitcher, and uh, he's bounced around. But uh, he was traded this last week to the Mets, and so uh, once again, a left-handed starting pitcher. Not many of those around, and they can keep keep on playing. He's older guy in his forties, right?
1: Yeah, he was like six and four in the year, three ERA. That, but the Mets rotation, Cookie doesn't come back, one hundred percent. Sendagard don't come back. You know, so we got a lot of guys going good for the Mets, but they're all right-handed. Um, yeah. you know, some looks at when everybody comes back, the Mets might even have a six or seven-man rotation. Just for simple fact, gives DeGrom a little extra rest. Gives You're not putting a lot of pressure on Cookie and Syndergaard coming back too hard. Um, TJ Walker's still young. You don't want to burn him out. You know, Stroman, Stroman. So, you know, he's good for eating some innings, but you don't want to rely on him eating innings all the time too. So... Um, I, I like the idea of a six man rotation towards the end because it gets everybody rested up for the playoffs. So, when the playoffs come, you can cut it to a four man bit. I, I remember looking back the twins in '87. You were a three man rotation when you hit the playoffs because Viola pitched four games one, four, and seven. That's what you did. You went to a three man rotation, and that was that. But now, with playoff expansion and everything else, ta da. You got to go four or five. I'm just talking about sign of the times for changes. I mentioned earlier, congratulations to the Milwaukee Bucks on winning the championship. This year in the playoffs, because of the format, the Milwaukee Bucks won 16 games in the playoffs. In Giannis's rookie season with the Bucks, they won 15 games. So, are you really bad teams that? Get a stud, ride them out, let it play through. They did it with Giannis. They got him to the help. They went from a 15-win season to a 16-win June and July, and you're world champions. So patience, folks, patience. That's what I got, sir. Do you have any other baseball notes on the Twins? I kind of skipped the Twins this week. I was kind of Mets-heavy on that. Um, with the trade deadline, I was kind of watching a lot of their stuff, and – uh was not paying attention to the local club.
0: Well, I've got the, uh, you know, a little s- coverage here on the twins trade pros and cons for the Nelson Cruz trade. Uh, some people like it. Some people don't. Uh, he was signed this this last year to be the DH for $13 million. He'll obviously be done after this uh, uh, for the twins for sure. But now with the trade, like I said, they may sign him on another year. I think he's getting up there and, and the value isn't there. Uh, to be paying out that much. But what the Twins got in return is what doesn't get talked about. Uh, twins are looking for pitching, right? Starting pitching. Yep. Well, look who we got. Two Rays pitchers in triple A. Now, Tampa Bay Rays have the number one farm system in all of baseball. The best farm system in the game. And so I think that's what also interested uh, the Twins GM working out this deal to send them there because they knew we'd get someone Couple of guys good in return. We've got two starting pitchers, both right handed. Drew Strotman, number one, Drew, uh, 24 years old, was a fourth round pick for the Rays back in 2017. He's seven and two this year with a 3.39 ERA after 12 starts. Um, so, solid guy already at AAA. So now we may see him already here uh, with the Saints coming up this weekend and the next week, possibly making a start. Yep. And this would be a guy that could finish out the year in triple-A and start next year uh, in the rotation. Uh, already, they may bring him up as a September caller. Who knows? Yeah, so, yeah. But they also have a 25-year-old Joe Ryan, who might be better. as right-handed starting pitcher. He was a drafted out of high school in the 39th round. He said, no, no thanks. I'm not interested. I'll go to college. Went to college and was drafted in the seventh round. Seventh round. So we got a four we got a fourth round pick and a seventh round pick from the Rays. This guy, after 11 starts this year, is only four and three in his record win-loss record. It's not too reflective, I don't think. But busy playing for United States, USA baseball and is on the Olympic team. Joe Ryan is on the Olympic baseball team for USA. Um, So if you get a chance to watch a future twin in the Olympics, take a look. Look for Joe Ryan. Uh, He's a stud. Uh, right handed pitcher, 25 years old. And like I said, the Twins gave up uh, Nelson Cruz and a minor leaguer by the name of Calvin Fulcher, I think his name, 25 years old, was a former 10th uh, round pick by the Twins. Middle reliever, on and off again, hurt. Um, but I think that's a, that's a very fun trade. Now, it also opens up for the remainder of the season this year for the Twins to have use to using alternate DHs now. And so we saw the Twins brought up Brent Rooker this week, put him there one night, used Josh Donaldson there one night. we got a bunch of these extra catchers. We can always plug and play a DH from these guys that are normally sitting on the bench And instead of using uh, Nelson Cruz every single game. So I think it'll be interesting to watch the rest of the season with the Twins.
1: With them picking up those two pitchers from the double Rays, do you think this puts uh, easier for them to trade Barrios then?
0: Well, it could because – both you've got two, stars two of these guys him. that are going to be coming up in the in major league uh, rotation, which may sign you know end end the deal with Barrios or make him more uh, expendable. Now yep. so we got J. Hey Hap, we got Shoemaker, we got these guys that have all kind of floundered this year, but we got uh, Panita, and so it'll it'll be interesting to see who we've got. But uh, I think in the future you got some young guys, and the Rays, like I said, had so many guys in their in their system. They didn't mind departing, uh, parting ways with a couple of these guys. So it'll be interesting. I think um, now that what did you hear anything about the New York jets football? Uh, one of their coaches died in a bicycle.
1: Um, bicycle. Yes. What happened? I, was, I just heard it a bike accident, bicycle accident. Um, fell on uh, complications from said accident. Really? I really never heard less. Um, if it was a, uh, if he was in the wrong or what happened, how it happened, that period if it was something awful at like that. The media would have been all over it, you know. Okay. I did hear about one Viking coach who won't be back because he refuses to get the shot. So the Vikings are minus a coordinator right now. But will that change? Will things happen as we get closer to camp? As of right now, he is not welcome back. I don't think eventually we said he's fired or out of a job they're just saying you can't be around the team to get the shot. Can he do meetings via zoom like this with the staff and have someone else there? Can he still put input? I don't know. I haven't heard. I think just thought, well, if you don't get the shot, you're not on here. And he's kind of like, okay. And they're just kind of staring at each other. (laughs) I think once I'm not going to give, are you going to give type of situation? You know, um, I think we'll see what's going to happen. If the NFL is going to step in and say something, you know, okay. If he's not there, is he still on the payroll? Is he out of a job? What's the situation? Um, the NFL did also announce this week that if you don't have enough players and you got to forfeit a game, we're not going to reschedule games like last year. You lose. Uh, like me and the boys at work, we're talking. Cause you know, everybody at work in the lunchroom, we solve all world problems there. Um, okay. say so this game that's going to be canceled. It's you know the Tampa Buccaneers with Tom Brady or it's the Patriots or the Chiefs or the Packers. You still let them cancel that game and be a forfeit. It's your big Monday night game or your Thursday night games that still be a cancel. Or if you make the playoffs for new new division by one game because you got that forfeit win. Hmm. You know, let's that's see, let's see how that pans out this year. Keep track of uh, those games. If even you know, like a team with the Jaguars with. Young Mr. Trevor Lawrence's quarterback there, Phenom. But they win or lose a game because of that. But wait, that's game not on TV now. Everybody wants to watch the young phenol. You gonna to that game? You're gonna make that team go, geez, I know you're short players. You only got, you know, 58 guys instead. Lace them up. Let's go. Let's see what happens. Um I haven't heard if the NFL will loosen the straps on that a little bit on uh signing free agents real quick and stuff like that, or trades, you know, things like that situation. But, uh, you know, calling guys up to the practice squad last minute, how they're going to work stuff like that. Maybe you don't want just some guy who's a body in your practice squad. You want them to be a legit decent player, you know, that you can call up not going, you you got a practice squad. You almost got a full team on practice squad. How can you not have enough guys? I always kind of figured that one of the last year too. I remember last year there was a couple of times where uh geez, the Steelers kept getting games changed all the time and they were like 12 and 0 to start the year. Hmm, funny. If you're seven or no, eight and you and now you got to cancel game because of COVID. They gonna cut you a break.
0: It may come They're to play. To say, hey,
1: we're on that- Monday too. Let's play Monday, you know.
0: It may come we talk uh, about the XFL. And yeah. merging with the U, uh, Canadian Football League and yeah. then you get the USFL making a statement saying they're going to come back next year now and, and regroup and have another football league. And so would those all combine one day and form a minor league farm system in football? Right. Instead of being their own leagues, would that come and then you can call up a guy uh, from your farm farm system or something. You know that, That's what that all could lead to because we're seeing all these teams wanting to Joined together uh, and his organization is wanting to get these football groups back. And maybe that's what we see. Who knows?
1: Yeah. And you know, XFL Canada and also their stuff come with their teams. I'd like to see that all kind of be fun. Um, if, but not have like the Vikings have their own team in the minors. It's just, it's a minor league. You can draw from not anyone. You got to kind of have your limits on there. I know that the European Football League, like three teams, three NFL teams had one team in the European League, you know. And they play in the spring as well, so the time won't work. Yeah, I know the Canadian Football League will be starting up soon here. They're, they start a little bit earlier than us. Um, and speaking of XFL, you not have to be confused. Like I mentioned earlier, the Cleveland Indians will have a new name next year. They uh they, The Major League Baseball was not telling them to change their name. They were just avoiding the Christmas rush, I think. They didn't want to go by Cleveland baseball team like the Washington football team did. So they're going by the Guardians.
0: It'll be the Guardians.
1: When I first saw that, I had to look twice on Facebook to make sure it wasn't like from the Onion or something like that. Because I thought Guardians. Now I thought to myself, I thought that would be an XFL name. That'd be something Vince McMahon would put on an XFL team. Oops, he already did. You know, there is an XFL team called the Guardians. If you look at their logo, it kind of looks like the Los Angeles Angels logo. It's kind of the same type of deal. Um, I guess i read a couple articles. It's got something to do with Cleveland's, oh, the port cities, and we guard everybody and da-da-da-da-da. We here at Sports and Songs on our Twitter account are trying to start the hashtag D I A N S. Old-school Indians fans can still call them the Deans. Kind of like the Nats instead of the Nationals. Or the Rays instead of the Devil Rays, which they officially dropped the "Devil" after a couple years ago. They go by just the Rays now. Yes. Basketball. The full name is the Philadelphia 76ers. Everybody calls them just the Sixers. It's really the Timberwolves, not just the Wolves. Everybody just calls them the Wolves, which is cool. That's fine. When you're mad at him, you use their full name, Timberwolves. Like, when my wife is mad at me. It's Andrew, not Andy. So the Deans, hey, the Deans are playing. They're in town. So we'll see. See if that catches on, because we will take full credit for it.
0: Exactly. And I got, got two other time. two other notes in sports before we get to the album. Yes. Oh, minor league baseball in in AAA, AAA has announced they're going to play five more games at the end of the season. Five more games, or no, what was it, 10? It might be 10, I got my notes uh, goofy. When the season ends, before the playoffs start, they're going to play a five-game series, I think, on the road, and then another five-game series at home for the final 10 to push the season out a little bit. They're calling it the final stretch. Now I don't know if they're... Uh, because they pushed off the first month of the season,
1: right? So they're making up those games. Yeah, it,
0: it, it could be an attempt to make that up a little bit, or to get some more, uh, you know, fans uh, seats in the fan, uh, seats in the crowd to get there. But they're, they're going to push out uh, that call it a gonna call it a final st- stretch. For those of you who are following AAA baseball, uh, thinking the season is going to be coming to an end here too soon we got a couple more series, uh, uh, a five-game series and another five-game series. Ten more games are adding to every everybody. Now, amateur baseball wraps up in the Pro River Valley League tomorrow on Sunday. All 14 teams play. Playoffs will be starting, I believe, on Tuesday. Some of the other games the playoffs have already started. But it's going to get uh, pretty interesting. I covered it in my midweek show this week, all the various – leagues and when the playoffs start when the regular season ends it's going to be pretty interesting now one team in particular in class c amateur baseball the cold spring rockies have a pitcher named ryan hennon no relation ryan hennon is one of their top pitchers took them to the state last year he was a local cold spring kid went to recory played college ball at university of north carolina greens greensboro now he's playing in a summer league can't play amateur this season, He's playing in the Frontier League for a team called the Washington Wild Things. It's, the Wild. Frontier league. it's an independent uh, league, much like the Saints used to be in the past, but he's leading the league, the entire league, in wins, lowest ERA, and is second or third in the league in strikeouts. Well, he's eating up that league, and now Word is on the street that he could be signed to a big league pro contract. Uh, possibly the Chicago Cubs may sign him as early as this next week, and they'll sign him to a, uh, their minor leagues. But he's doing really well. He's got six 6-2 uh, six record. His ERA is 2.10. Wow. After, I think, 12 starts. in, And that's a frontier league, independent baseball, but he plays for the Cold Spring Rockies. Look for them. Um, they're they're always they're always tough, but they won't have him this year in the postseason. Um, but if they don't sign him, I think he's scheduled to pitch tonight. They have a six thirty game against the New York Boulders, the Boulders against the Wild Things. So that could be coming up. Now we got the album of the week review here. I'll cover that here as well.
1: A fan request.
0: Here we go. The recording this week album of the week is Gordon Lightfoot Gordon Lightfoot and it's called Sun Sundown." I'm going to share the screen here that'll be the album week uh, album review here I'm going to share my screen Here it is a classic folk there it is. folk singer. this was 1974 this album was released um, And he is, of course, let's see. Can you see that? Yep. Okay, Lightfoot. Got another screen I'm gonna pull up here in the meantime. He's a Canadian singer, Gordon Lightfoot. His 10th original album released in 74, reached number one on the pop charts. The album marked the pinnacle of Lightfoot's Lightfoot's acoustic folk country blend before he embarked on an increasing use of electrical instruments Although he did include some electric guitar on the title, title track. Here's a listing. Song one, somewhere USA, song two, high and dry. Song three, Seven Island Sweet. Song four, Circle of Steel. Song five is is anyone, is, is there any, anyone home? Now, second side. Song one on side two on the LP is the watchman's gone. Song two, Sun Down on the second side. That's the title track. Next song is Carefree Highway. Carefree Highway actually relates to a section of the Arizona State Freeway. Highway uh, Route 74, there's a section called Carefree Highway. He named the song after that. The lyrics also involve uh, the relationship, former relationship he had with a woman named Anne. That's what that song is about. The last two songs are The List and Too Late for praying, too late for praying. So that is the the album there this week. That's all I've got for that. There's nothing more I don't think for uh, the episode today.
1: One other thing I was going through, my, I saw a brief it thing. came out. in
0: on a request, by the way. We had a request, so we can still bring your requests in. Leave them in the uh, comments section.
1: Yes. I saw one other note before the show started going through some things. Uh, a ball for baseball is going to work on a little Little device with about the size of an old, like a pager, the old pagers we used to have back in the day, something that size, where uh, the catchers can get to the pitcher with the they want to do for the pitch, kind of speed up the game. Now, one thing I've always found confusing on that, and you being a man who plays the game, you can help me on this and figure out why. Say that. Uh, repeat, the, players, repeat the question again. I see a lot of ball players nowadays. They have like a little cheat sheet on their arm, outfielders and that, or a card to keep in their hat, to see what their alignments are supposed to be. Why can't the pitcher just get the pitch sign from the dugout? Why does the have to go from the dugout to the catcher, catcher to pitcher? Why can't the pitcher just get it straight from the dugout and speed it up that way?
0: Well, I think the, the scenario for, like, the outfielders and the player positions is where to stand or where to be positioned during that entire at-bat. Right. And the pitcher and catcher are communicating between every single pitch. They've right. how they how they want to pitch the guy, but not the sequence. So I think it's different from that perspective. And the catcher will bring in the I suppose
1: the, align,
0: the defensive alignment, how they're going to do it too on, on how his
1: – He stands up and he, does his bit, yeah, lays a hand over whatever. Yep. I,
0: right. So I think that's got something to, to do with it, but I've not been a pitcher or a catcher, so I can't talk too much on it.
1: I wonder how long they have those two mic'd up to the – the manager just to speed that up. Mike up the pitcher and the catcher and the manager kind of do a football. Just tell them, I mean, small enough earwigs, not, you can do it, but you never know if there's an issue with that or something. I go back to the old school, but there, there's going to be some kind of modern way they could speed this up.
0: True. True. All right. got an event here coming in, uh, starting for uh, dinner. It looks like so. I've got nothing more for tonight. We'll see you guys next week then.
1: Next week, Tuesday for uh, – or Wednesdays for dance show, my page two on Thursdays. Sounds good. See you guys later.
0: Sounds good. Have a good week.
1: Bye.